News of the coronavirus is everywhere. Numbers of people sick, death tolls, countries affected, travel advisories. It's overwhelming. It's frightening. And in some cases, it can be total misinformation. Today on All Good in the Motherhood, we want to separate fact from fiction. When it comes to kids specifically, they do seem to be the one population that's not affected or maybe not as high risk for coronavirus as some other parts of the population. Here to explain why this is, and frankly, if that is even true, pediatric infectious disease specialist, Dr. Hansa Bargava. We're specifically focusing today on coronavirus and children. There is yeah. so much misinformation. There, People are so concerned and so scared about the coronavirus, with good reason because of what we're seeing in other countries and indeed what's happening in the United States. But the question that I hear repeatedly is, what about my kid? What about my, when will my kid get sick? How sick is my kid going to get, uh, how sick is my kid going to get? And what can I do to protect them? And so that's what I wanted to bring you in on. Children specifically, are they at risk for the coronavirus? Uh, that's an easy sentence to say. Is mm-hmm. it an easy question to answer? So coronavirus is definitely here, and it's, it's a serious illness. And, you know, we see the news reports uh, you know, across the world, over almost 100,000 cases around the world. And, you know, we do have them scattered across the United States as well. But I do want to say that one thing that parents should be a little bit comforted by is the fact that coronavirus actually is, as far as we know, a very mild illness in children if, you know, if they're infected at all. So right now, what we do know about the coronavirus is that it does infect a lot of people and there is, a, a, there is some contagion to it, but I just want to put it in perspective. So the coronavirus can infect about one a ratio of one to two people. That means if there's two people in the room, it'll go ahead and infect those two people via respiratory droplets. But just to compare, measles can actually, measles virus can actually infect 15 to 20 people in the same room. So the contagiousness of coronavirus is much less than other childhood infections such as measles. The second great piece of news around children is that children don't seem to get seriously ill. And one of the studies that was done in China, uh, in little infants, basically, nine infants were diagnosed with coronavirus, and none of them died, and none of them even got critically ill. So we know, at least to this point, that children, if they get the infection, do not get critically ill and generally don't die. In fact, the mortality rates that they're talking about, which is 2 to 3%, depending on the study that you look at, uh, are around the world, most people who are at risk are over the age of 70. And then, of course, people who are, you know, taking chemotherapy or have immunocompromised systems or other illnesses. But children specifically are not very much at risk at all for critical illness. As a parent, that is so nice to hear. Uh, <laughs> because you, you want, you've, I've heard that. I've heard people say children, for some reason, seem to be the word they're using is immune. And I want to believe that that's true, but I also fear that, well, maybe that's true right now, and maybe it won't be true in the future. Yeah, and I think the other, the other point that I also want to make, and the fact that I point to, to my own friends who are parents, and I'm a parent too, is that 
In fact, we're so worried about coronavirus for children, but what we're not worrying about is actually the flu. And the flu is actually much more of a concern for children. There's 29 million cases documented in the United States of flu. Hundreds of thousands of them are hospitalized and thousands have died, including 100 children. So, almost 100 children. So, I think that we, you know, we are worried about coronavirus and we should be, and we don't, we're, most, we're mostly worried because we don't really know it as well as we do the flu, but we should also know that there are a lot of things out there that are probably a little bit more worrisome for children, uh, more than coronavirus, if that makes sense. I've heard it said that the, one of the reasons why COVID-19 is not affecting kids the way it is affecting other subsets of the population is because children are constantly bombarded by germs, constantly exposed to germs and viruses, and they're constantly catching these little colds or respiratory issues that for most kids are easily resolved. Is is that at play here? You know, it's hard to tell whether it's that or whether it's that a lot of people who are getting the symptoms of coronavirus, including children, may not be diagnosed because it, it may just look like a cold, right? Because, the, you know, you get a fever, you get a cough, and unless you're really sick, generally you don't get shortness of breath. And if, you, if your child has a fever or a cough, most likely the pediatrician, which I am, will tell you, you know, watch the child, make sure you, the child's drinking, make sure the child's resting, and call me if the fever doesn't break in a couple of days. That's usually the lines we give to, to children and the parents. So there might be a lot more children infected out there, but we just don't know. But the bottom line is, is that the infection is not bad enough that they are being taken to the doctor, taken to the hospital, and being hospitalized or getting critically sick. So it really is good news for children. Does this span the spectrum of coronaviruses? So I know that I understand that this one is a a new form of coronavirus, but the coronavirus is you'll have to explain this to me because you are the infectious disease specialist, is sort of a kind of common cold, right? Yeah, the coronavirus is like is, is like the cold in that it has respiratory symptoms. And we have seen different brands or different types of coronaviruses in the past, like SARS and MERS, and, and I don't know if you remember those outbreaks, but SARS was actually far more severe in that the case fatality rate or the mortality rate was more like 9 to 10 percent. Let's just compare that to currently the 2 to 3 percent in children, probably less than 1 percent, if at all. I don't know of any reports in the United States of coronavirus causing any deaths in children. So so I think that it's, it's you know, it's one of those viruses out there. It's in that family of viruses. And yes, it's a new virus, but is following, seems to be following, at least the data we have from China where it all started, seems to be following uh, the same patterns as the other coronaviruses and, and a lot of other respiratory viruses. All Good in the Motherhood, coming right back right after this. So because this is your specialty, you are certainly more plugged in than anybody else that I'm coming in contact with. Can we trust the data coming from China? That's a great question. You know, I, it is it is a country outside of our borders, so, you know, yes, we trust what's been published, but we take it with a grain of salt because we don't know that system as we do ours in terms of data collection. I would probably say that any data that's coming out, we have to realize, whether it's the flu or coronavirus or anything else, that the denominator, which means 
i.e. the number of cases that they're reporting, might be more because often what they're reporting is what has gone through testing kits and what has been hospitalized, but we don't know you know, what else is out there that hasn't come into the doctor's office, right? So we have to realize that there might be more cases, but still, having said all of that, I would still point to the fact that if kid, if we're looking at kids and only kids alone, we would know if the kids are critically sick. We would know if the kids are dying, and they're, they're typically doing well and not getting to those outcomes. So how do we treat this? How do we respond? How do we as informed, concerned parents move forward? Do we keep our kids home from school? Do we not go to soccer practice? Do we not go to Gymboree or Little Gym or whatever? Do we not go to music class or do we continue on? I think that we continue on. We carry on but with the caveat that it's back to basics. Back to basics with good hygiene. So the whole issue is not just the coronavirus, but also prevention of flu, prevention of other infections, and all of it boils down to the same few tips. And those are basically hand wash, hand wash, hand wash, and hand wash properly. I know that sounds really boring, but I cannot emphasize it enough. And yes, hand washing is better than having, you know, the the alcohol-based rubs. And if you don't have hand washing, then the alcohol-based rubs are second best. So we have to do that. Some of the other tips that people may forget as parents is the screens actually have a lot of germs, right? Coronavirus is a virus that can stay on the surface just like the flu virus can, just like the respiratory viruses can for a few hours to more than 24 hours. So we got to wipe them down or if your child is touching those tablets, then make sure they wash their hands. Children tend to touch their mouth and eyes a lot. So just, just be careful of that. And the third thing I would say is that Kids like to share drinks and food, and we, what we do know about the coronavirus and a lot of other viruses is that sometimes people may have the infection but no, not, no, not show symptoms. So that means that inadvertently they can actually pass it on. So a good rule of thumb of back to basics is basically don't share drinks, don't share food, don't share spoons or straws. <laughs> Try to teach the kids to just concentrate on their own, and I'm not saying don't be a generous kid, but food probably isn't and drinks is not the best way to share that is a perfect segue to my last question for you which has to do with carriers because you just opened the doorway with the fact that kids could or people could potentially have this virus and not know it because they're not showing symptoms i've had a lot of people ask and it's something i've considered in my own life i have elderly parents other friends of mine have elderly parents and grandparents is it still prudent to have the child around somebody who is elderly because we do know that the virus is hitting the elderly or those who are immunocompromised much harder than those who are not. Would you still have those kids around those individuals? I think that is a wonderful question and extremely important to answer. So in general, I think kids, yes, unfortunately kids or anybody can be asymptomatic carriers. So really important to have good hygiene and not sharing. But if there is a person in the household who is immunocompromised, via chemotherapy, a transplant, has, you know, some underlying heart disease, lung disease, you know, is at risk, and they are at risk for, you know, greater illness with coronavirus or anything, flu, whatever it is, 
I think it's really important to be careful about having the exposure to the child. And I think that if the child has no symptoms and washing their hands and they're not sharing foods and, you know, they're staying a little bit of, you know, they might be a little distant from grandma or grandpa because they're elderly, that's fine. I don't think we should interfere with family interactions. But I do think that we have to be really thoughtful about that and the kids have to be extra careful in not bringing home infections to to those people who could get very sick. And how long does that uh, period of abstinence, I guess we could say, how long does that last? Do you keep the kid away only while the kid is experiencing symptoms? Do you keep the kid away for symptoms plus a certain number of days? What's What's a good period in your mind? So if the kids are experiencing symptoms, and again, you won't know if it's coronavirus unless you go and get them tested. It could be any virus, but any virus could be you know, dangerous to people who are immunocompromised or have issues, I would say keep them away for at least, you know, the course of that infection and also probably another 24 to 48 hours afterwards. Uh, in, in terms of whether uh, a child is asymptomatic and is around, I think that's just basically making sure that you have good hand hygiene and you, you know, they're not coughing in someone's face, teaching them to cough into their shoulder, and definitely not share foods or drinks, maybe keep their devices away from those, those people who are elderly or might be at risk. So just, I think, just thoughtful measures uh, to, to be careful around those people and probably a little bit more thoughtful right now with coronavirus and flu, you know, out there. Probably keep your kid from a hospital if they have to visit somebody who's elderly or a nursing home? I mean, would you advise that? Yes, I would. I would not take the kids to the hospital or a nursing home. Absolutely. And also, they, they should go to school and they should go to soccer practice. But, you know, if there's, if there's things that won't affect their functional daily living and, you know, would probably keep others safer, then it's okay to kind of cut those out, too, in a thoughtful manner. All right. Thank you so much, Doctor. Thank you, thank you. Where can of people course. find you, um, by the way, if they would like to learn more about your work um, and, you know, all the good things that you're doing? Sure. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you, you can follow me on Twitter at Hansa Bargava, MD, and also I'm on Instagram, Dr. Hansa, MD. Perfect. Thank you again. Be safe thank and be you. well. We appreciate your time. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. We are so grateful for everybody that has tuned in to All Good in the Motherhood, and we'd love to keep this thing going and spread the love a little more. Please take a minute to hit that big subscribe button and rate us wherever you listen to your free podcasts. It really helps us out. This is All Good in the Motherhood with Teresa Priolo, part of the Fox 5 Podcast Network. This episode was recorded, edited, mixed, made awesome by Matt Onimus. The executive producers are myself, Matt Onimus, and Imad Ashgar. Byron Harmon is VP of News, and our Vice President and General Manager of Fox 5 is Lou Leone. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments or you just want to say hi, reach out to me on Twitter at Fox5Teresa or on Facebook, Teresa Priolo NY. And stay tuned for our next episode.